Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Now, I'm a little embarrassed by that music this week because I have a guest who's the daughter of like a rock legend. So Teddy Mellencamp is going to be joining me, and she is the newest housewife of Beverly Hills. And she's, of course, the daughter of John Cougar Mellencamp, who is like a rock god. I mean, we all know him from so many rock classics. If you If you're trying to think about who he is or you can't remember, let me just play a little clip of one of his huge hits. Uh, This is uh, John Mellencamp, uh, probably his most known song. I mean, who doesn't love this song? Oh, you guys, you guys, my bad. My bad. I was accidentally playing Jessica Simpson's I Think I'm in Love, which (laughs) was... The same beat as John Mellencamp's song. Okay, so here's the original. Here's the original. Little ditty about Jack and Diane. You guys, did, y'all didn't know you were getting a show from me, did you? <laughs> My voice has been professionally described as tone deaf. So you're welcome. <laughs> you guys, that's my favorite Jessica Simpson song, and it samples John Mellencamp's uh, Jack and Diane. But Jack, uh, John Mellencamp has done so many other iconic rock songs. Hurt So Good. I mean, so many good ones. And so his daughter, Teddy, is new to the Housewives. So I'm so excited to talk to her about everything about the Housewives and her dad. And then her dad is also famously sort of on and off with Meg Ryan, who is one of my number one icons. So I'm going to chat with her about that. So we have so much to talk about. I can't wait uh, to dig into all of that. And in the meantime, I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out about my interview with Brandy Glanville last week. I've heard so many great things, and even people that didn't don't necessarily love her or didn't like her on the show, they've been reaching out with such kind words. And you guys, she gave good interview, right? I mean, like, she... She was willing to go there. She had no reservations about anything. Before the interview, I said, is there anything you don't want me to talk about? She had zero restrictions, which I think it was so lovely, refreshing, and just wonderful. I mean, not only did she have zero restrictions going in, but she also was willing to just completely speak her mind. And I think that's why people respond to her on the show and why she has so many fans outside of Housewives. Because she's willing to just say whatever the F is on her mind. Whatever the fuck. (laughs) I don't know why I censored myself there as I'm talking about this woman not being so wonderful for not censoring herself. Anyway, it was great to talk to her. And then Brandy and I, you know, become friendly now. And I was like kind of texting with her a little bit during last week's Beverly Hills episode. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm the biggest Brandy fan in the world. Oh, and I'm going to ask Teddy a little bit about Brandy and if she knows any of the ex-housewives and all that stuff. And then, oh, I also have my friend Sean Crampton on the show today. 
He is a straight guy. He's a straight. And I'm so excited to talk to him. So I made him watch Vanderpump Rules because he's never seen it before. Oh, and I should mention Sean works at the Abbey, which is like a big gay bar. He's straight, though. He's like a straight bartender. And I wanted to talk to him because he's in the service industry. And the Abbey is just like a couple doors down from Sir. And so I made him sit down and watch Vanderpump Rules. And I got, I'm going to ask him what he thought about Brittany and Jack's cheating and Lala and all of the, all of the gang. <laughs> we'll see what he, what he has to say. I'm so excited to talk to him. Gosh, I am slurring all of my words. You guys, I am tired. I'm so tired. I'm, I'm laughing out of exhaustion because I haven't been sleeping very good. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or if it's because the news is so insane. But lately, I feel like I'm just having the hardest time going to sleep. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't really drink often at all. I mean, very rarely will I have some wine. I used to be way better at drinking, and now I've just lost it all. <laughs> and the other night, I was having trouble sleeping. So I had, a gl- I had a glass of wine. I think I had two glasses of wine. Two glasses of wine. I thought, maybe that'll calm me down, relax me, put me to sleep. It did not work. So I had two glasses of wine, and then I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should have some NyQuil. Because nothing was happening. It was like I was laying in bed... Eyes wide open. I mean, I had fucking Ramona eyes. Just wide awake. Like Katy Perry style. <laughs> it's the worst joke. But anyway, I'm wide awake. And so then I think, let's get some NyQuil. So I get some NyQuil. And I blacked out. I, I don't know. I didn't do the serving size of NyQuil. Like, I have no idea how much I had. I just sort of took a big gulp. And next thing I know, I wake up the next day. And I look on my social media. And... It was a mess, you guys. I was tweeting. I was Instagramming. I was doing all sorts of things on this NyQuil-wine combo that I have no recollection of doing. I was, like, live-tweeting Fuller House, like, episodes of Fuller House, which is a terrible show, but I've watched every episode. Three seasons I'm I'm all caught up with. <laughs> I don't remember the last few, because I watched it after having some NyQuil and wine. So I wake up to all these text messages from friends family, you know, saying like, are you okay? Like I saw your Twitter and Instagram and I just want to make sure everything's okay. So I go over to my Twitter account and I see this thread of tweets. The first one just says, I can't sleep. I'm very happy Jodie Foster from Full House got her life together. I mix NyQuil with wine. I'll probably delete this in the AM. (laughs) And then there's just a gif of Valerie Cherish smoking a cigarette. It's like, I don't know what happened. Then I followed that up with Sweeten. Truly, that was the NyQuil. To be clear, I'm very happy both Jodie Foster and Jodie Sweeten have their lives together. So that was on Twitter. Like, I mixed up Jodie Foster and Jodie Sweeten. And then I go to my Instagram account, and my whole Instagram stories is just pictures and video. It's like pictures of Kimmy Gibbler. Like, new Kimmy Gibbler from the new episodes of Fuller House. And then, like, my commentary over Kimmy Gibbler. Which, you know, I'm not not live blogged myself watching Fuller House. Like, I've done that in the past. The problem is I don't really remember doing it this time, and it was just ridiculous. They were in Japan on Fuller House. It's a terrible show. I don't, But I've watched every episode. Like I said, I've seen every single episode. I'm caught up through season three. <laughs> it's terrible. So I learned not to mix NyQuil with wine. I guess the good news is the only thing that happens to me is I watch Fuller House and make people listen to my opinions on it, but... Yes, it's not good. I need to find something to sleep. I've tried melatonin gummies. I don't know. I don't. Those don't work all the time. Sometimes those work. What else do you guys do? I mean, I don't know. What is everyone doing to sleep? Like, what do you, is this something that just happens when you get old? 
Like when you get older, you just can't sleep any longer. I feel like nowadays I can get five hours of sleep and then I'm done. And it's, it's the worst. It's the worst and I need more sleep. So I'm a little, I ex- excuse, <laughs> I was going to say I excuse. I see I'm already slurring all of these words. I can't even get out a fucking phrase. I can't get a turn of phrase out to save my life. And I need a nap. I should get to my interview with Teddy. Should I get to it? Wait, before I do, I do want to just mention The Real Hustles of New Jersey. It ended. We're done. I mean, we have the reunions left, which I'm excited. They look good. Dolores was the MVP, in my opinion, on that last episode when she called Daniela slob. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> she just laughed in her face and called her a slob. And you guys, that's, that's the kind of golden age of television I'm interested in living in. Overall, though, the season was a little messy. I felt like it was edited weird. I don't know. I don't know. This season was just a little messy. I thought Margaret was a great addition. I'm excited to see what's to come. Siggy's going to be gone. And I don't know. All, I don't know if it's... All these housewives are a little underwhelming right now because we just came off of the Real Houses of Dallas High, which you guys know I love. And spoiler alert, I found out they are coming back. I was very worried they weren't renewed yet because there hasn't been any filming going on or anything like that, but I did hear from an inside source that Real Housewives of Dallas Season 3 is moving forward. We are getting it. They're just looking to cast another lady. So I don't know if they're going to be replacing someone or just casting, you know, throwing a new girl at us, but they will be filming supposedly starting in February. That's the word on the street, inside sources. (laughs) I had been getting so worried I was going to, like, start to riot the Bravo offices. (laughs) Because I was so worried. I was going to, like you know, fire and fury those Bravo offices because I thought maybe the Dallas girls aren't coming back. God, did anyone read that fire and fury book about the White House? (laughs) I'm switching gears a lot here, but that fire and fury book about the Trump administration, like it seemed like batshit, but I just couldn't help but thinking, think about all of the things I would rather have that book be about. And somebody had tweeted me that they need to see a fire and fury, but about the Glee set. <laughs> about Naya Rivera and Leah Michelle on the set of Glee, which you guys, I would read the shit out of that book. I mean, who doesn't want that? And I would love a fire and fury about, you know, the scary island episodes of the Houses of New York. I mean, there's so many different things that I would like to read a fire and fury about. I don't know. We can put a pin in that. Let's all think about ideas and suggestions for the fire and fury follow-up. <laughs> And in the meantime, I want to get to my interview with Teddy Mellencamp of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So please let me know what you guys think. Tweet me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Danny Pellegrino. And if you get a chance, please go rate and review this podcast on iTunes because it's super helpful. So without further ado, here's our newest housewife, Teddy Mellencamp, the accountability coach and housewife and daughter of the man responsible for one of our favorite songs, Jessica Simpson's I Think I'm in Love. Danny. Hi, is this Teddy? This is she. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Even better now I'm talking to you. Oh, that is so sweet. I'm so excited. This is your first season on The Housewives. Had you watched before you got uh, involved? I mean, before I joined, I have to be honest, I, I hadn't watched. But now I'm obsessed. I watch all of them and I'm hooked. Yes. Did you go back and watch the old episodes, or did you kind of want to go in with a fresh perspective? So when I first um, started filming, I hadn't watched anything, um, and I started watching other, like, I watched Real Housewives of Dallas, I think, was on, and then I watched Orange County, and then after I stopped filming, that's when I watched Last Season. 
what do you which ones do you like what's your favorites who are your favorites you said you watched dallas i loved dallas last season we had leanne Locken on and she was just great i mean it was so good i had met i had met um cameron and deandra at an event that lisa vanderpump had and they were really fun so it's just you know interesting meeting them out and about and then watching them on the show I mean, it was good it was juicy yeah yeah it was good um, okay, now my friend uh, Ryan Bailey, he actually wrote in a question. I, I took some questions via Instagram, so I'm going to kind of throw those in here. He wanted to know if you've been paying attention to the online response and if it's been more or less what you expected, you know, after the episode's air. I mean, I have to be honest, the first piece of advice my dad gave me, you know, when I said I was going to do the show is don't look at what people say about you online. Just don't do it. Yeah. And so I've really tried not to, but it's impossible now. I think it was easy, you know, it's easier for him, you know, whereas people are constantly DMing me and Twitter and all those things. And, you know, I try my best not to let um, some of the negative things get to me. And But, you know, I'm a human. So, yeah, yeah. of course I notice, but I'm trying not. To, I'm not one that's going to respond or get in a, a Twitter war or any kind of fight with somebody on DMs. But I'm also, you know, I, yeah. I'm not one that can totally avoid it, but I'm trying. Yeah, you seem like a no-bullshit kind of kind of girl, and I like that. And let's back yeah, up for a second. Yeah. Your dad is John Mellencamp, who, the, of Jack and Diane fame. Um, <laughs> yeah. He is That's amazing. Him. And also, wait, so I've talked about this on the podcast many times, so I have to ask you, now that we're talking about your dad, what can you tell us about Meg Ryan? Are they together? What do you, do you know her very well personally? Can you tell us anything about her? I love her so much. All I can say about Meg is she's amazing. She is smart and funny and great, and I have to just leave it at that, but she's an amazing woman. Okay, and do you have a favorite Meg Ryan movie? Can you at least tell me that? Of course, you've got mail. I was oh. with my sister and I were kids, you know, back when VCRs were the method of watching movies. You've got mail was stuck in our VCR, and so we watched it every single night for years, years. It was like our going to bed movie. So we know every every single line of that movie. Teddy, I watch it every night before bed. That's like my all time favorite movie. I'm not even kidding. I could recite that line by line. To me, it's like a warm oh. hug. It's like comfort food. It is just the best movie. I love it so much. It, it really puts me in my happy place. Oh, totally. Oh. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> even the opening credit. Yeah, like right when that um, that cranberry song comes on when she's walking through New York. I mean, I I could talk about this forever. There's a book about the Meg Ryan rom coms. It's called I'll Have What She's Having, and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff about Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. It's so good. Um, but You've Got Mail. Oh, I, I need to read that. It's so good, and I could re- I could watch that movie every night. I'm not I'm not even kidding. My boyfriend gets annoyed because I'm always making him watch it. But anyway. <laughs> I love that. I'm addicted. I digress. So now I'm officially, I'm, I mean, I'm a fan now. If, if you've got males, your favorite. I mean, we I mean, have the same favorite movie. It's pretty good. <laughs> I am in. Okay, so it seems like this season of Beverly Hills, they're focusing a little more on lifestyle than drama. What can you tease us about the future episodes? Like, is there more drama to come, or are we still going to get more lifestyle stuff? Like, what's to come? I mean, I think the beauty of the show is there's still, you know, you've got a large group of strong, opinionated women. So, yes, that, that live big lives. So you're going to see a lot of lifestyle, but you're also going to see a lot of drama. I mean, yeah. I can pretend that it's not going to be that way, but, I mean, there are some times where, you know, I had to come home and take some deep breaths. So, yeah, you're going to see some drama. I would need to take more than that. 
uh, more than some deep, deep breaths. But okay, so I want to talk about your business outside of Beverly Hills, and then we'll get back to Beverly Hills in a minute. But you are an accountability coach. Now, everyone, when I asked for questions, everyone was like, okay, ask her to walk us through that. What is accountability coaching? What do you do with a client? Okay, so example is I'm, I'm there to help monitor you with your health and fitness goals. So everybody's like, well, what the hell does that mean? It seems like a fluff job. And for anybody that says that, I'm like, okay, great. Then don't, then don't do it. That's fine. You know, for me, I don't really care because yeah. it's a cost that truly touched me because it's something that I struggled with. So if you're vulnerable and you're in a place where you want to change and you truly don't know how, I'm going to help you. So I'm going to, I'm going to send you that text in the morning. Good morning. What's your plan for today? Great. You know, and they're going to walk me through their day. We're going to talk about breakfast. We're going to talk about lunch. We're going to talk about dinner. We're going to talk about balance. We're going to talk about how they're going to fit in that day. And we're going to get them to their goals. And, you know, some days you're going to you know, think about it. If you're struggling with something, you're going to talk to your boyfriend or you're going to talk to your best friend or you're going to do whatever. And you know what? Sometimes they're not going to call you on your shit. Yeah. And you need somebody to. And you know what? I'm going to. So if you're saying, oh, I have a busy day today. I work from 7 a.m. till 4 p.m. And then I have to do this meeting and blah, blah. I'm like, okay, great. I filmed for nine hours. I have two kids. I have a husband. Mm -hmm. I run a business. I still made time for an hour. So can you, let's do this. You are worth it. So I'm empowering you that you can do it, but also not letting you get away with anything. I like that. I like that. And you lost 40 pounds, right? Is that what they said on the show? Yes. I mean, I have fluctuated weight my entire life. You know, when I first moved out to Los Angeles, I gained a bunch of weight when I was 17 and lost it um, because I went back to riding horses and stuff. But then when I got pregnant went up to 200 pounds and then I thought I would have my son and you know lose weight and I didn't I lost about 10 pounds and just kind of five more pounds but I was I didn't have any balance I'd work out and then I'd eat junk and then I'd be upset and then I complained to my husband and I just didn't feel good in my own skin and it wasn't until I got to the place where I was like I need to start holding myself accountable and stop kind of whining to everybody and just change it. And once I changed it, everything changed mm-hmm. for me. And things started changing in my in my life. And then I realized there's a large group of women that need the same exact thing. I mean, there's a large group of people, honestly, but yeah. women is who I primarily work with, that in their head, they watch shows, you know, on television. They think, gosh, well, I want to lose weight, but the only way I could do it is if I had this personal trainer and I had this food delivery, and I had all these things, or I had this plastic surgery, and I'm like, no, no, you don't need any of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great if you can have them, but really what you need is discipline, balance, and to be committed to it. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell everybody. You don't have to. Yes, that's great for the women that can afford to do all those mm-hmm. things, and I'm not going to say I never go to a soul cycle class, but I can say that any woman, no matter where they live, can push a stroller with their kids in it and walk for an hour. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you do now? What do you do now to keep in shape? I saw actually, I think on your Instagram, you do Barry's Boot Camp in West Hollywood, and I'm there all the time. So I hope to run into oh, you, you there. Do, one time. Yeah. So I love Barry's Boot Camp. I don't. I do that. Um, you know, I, it's not a huge class that I do. I love Rise Nation. Um, mm-hmm. I love Soul Cycle, but I mean, I'm a big runner. I love to run. 
Um, and I didn't used to, but I love running because that's kind of where I get clarity. Yeah. And also, that's something I can do super early in the morning. So, like, my husband and kids will still be sleeping, and I can get up and go run. And then the kids wake up, and I'm home, and I can start my day with them and take them to school and then start my job, you know? Yeah. Now, I'm very interested in all the, the diet and weight. I mean, did you, gosh, I don't, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Did you do a specific diet when you were losing weight, or do you just try to find more balance long-term? Or, or is there any tips you can give people, uh, you know, to kind of um, keep them on track? Um, I mean, the, the main tip, which I always say, it's not rocket science, but it's holding yourself accountable to these things, is, okay, start your day with a glass of water full glass of water. Before you have a coffee, before you have anything, drink a full glass of water. Um, Stay away from, I say, white soup. So have whole grains, brown rice, um, quinoa, lentils, things like that, as opposed to white breads and potatoes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And then um, being active for an hour a day, regardless if it's a walk, a run, a class, whatever it is that you like, but you know, makes you feel good and also listening to your body and then also eating two to three hours before bedtime. Mm. Um, also with that, I try to stay away from carbs at bedtime. You know, like for my yeah. dinner, I yeah. try to keep that my lightest meal of the day. I'll eat a, I'll eat a bigger breakfast so that I, you know, unless I have a date and that's why it's called balance Yeah, because, you know, then I would have a lighter lunch and then have a bigger dinner. Yeah. Interesting. Still so intrigued by everyone's different methods and, and what people like to do and how people, how fit people are able to maintain. That's what's most interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think a big, a big thing for all of us and, you know, part of why I like to call the lifestyle thing versus the diet is a big part of what I used to believe was reward. Mm-hmm. So I did this, now I deserve this. Yeah. As opposed to thinking about okay, I had a good workout and I want to go have a productive day and then I want to go to lunch with Danny because I want to see Danny, not because I want to go to lunch at this place and eat this food and drink this wine. Yeah, 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 totally. I get you that. You know what let's, I mean? And let's do lunch soon. <laughs> let's yeah, let's, let's do go. It. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, now I want to hop back in. I know I don't have too much more time with you, so I want to hop back in the Housewives. Now, I got a message online, Russell from New Jersey. He specifically wanted me to say that. But he said he saw that you were at Kyle's Fashion Week event in New York City with Bethany. Now, did you get to know Bethany at all? Is she involved in the season, or was that something that was happening off camera? No, she, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she was talking about. No, she was there. She, uh, she um, was at Kyle's store opening in New York. So I got to meet her, and she's really funny. And, you know, I just met her that day, but she was nice and welcoming. Oh, awesome. Uh, we w- I want to talk about your tagline. How did the tagline process work? Were there others that you didn't didn't use, or did you come up with them? Do they come up with them? Is there anything you could tell us? All I can say is, um, you know, there's a couple different options that, you know, you can have, and you, you talk through the process yeah. with the people that work on the show, and you say, you know, this feels like me, this doesn't feel like me, and, you know, they know also... You're very, you know, you can see I'm very authentic to who I am. Yeah. So it wasn't like there was anything that was really off the radar. It's more just about 
you know, that's the first thing that people see. So you want to make sure it's true to who you are. And yeah. I think that my tagline is true to who I am. Yeah. Now, we talked a little bit about your dad. And I recently read a Rolling Stone piece. It was from uh, Paris Jackson, Michael's daughter. And she said it didn't click to her that her dad was famous until she was about 12 years old. Do you have a moment where it clicked or did it, you know, where you notice, oh, my dad is this, you know, famous rock star? I mean, I think uh, for us, it was so much about when we were younger, it really wasn't a thing at all because we were in Indiana or South Carolina mm-hmm. and neither my mom or dad ever made a big deal about it. It was more just like, this is our life and your dad's a songwriter and a singer and, you know, a musician. And that's just kind of all we knew. And none of my friends from growing up ever made a big deal about it. Uh, when I moved to California at 17, I think is when, I mean, I obviously knew by then that he, you know, was on the radio and that kind of stuff, but I didn't, there wasn't a big like, whoa moment until I came to California and I was working at CAA and I had forgotten to make my boss at the time a dinner reservation. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I was 17, like some punk kid, like trying to figure out how to be an assistant. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get your reservation tonight. I forgot to make it. And he said, well, just use your last name. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, just try it. And it worked. And then I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is kind of gross, but kind of amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah, that, that was kind of my like light bulb moment. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Now, uh, I do have to ask one thing. We had uh, Brandy Glanville was on my podcast. uh, It was actually this past week. And she, and not only her, but other people in the past on the show have insinuated or or just said blatantly out loud that, that Lisa Vanderpump is a little manipulative behind the scenes. Now, do you, have you gotten a sense of any of that? Or is it just, you don't get a sense of that at all? Or how, what's your relationship with LVP like? I mean, my relationship with LVP is great. I mean, she has truthfully been very supportive of me. And I mean, I'm walking into a a large group of women that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And she was one of the women to always be like, you okay? You know, and it wasn't a situation where she was putting me on blast. Like she could genuinely tell. I mean, you can see as the audience when I'm uncomfortable. Totally. You have that face where you can just tell exactly what you're thinking. And that's what I think is great about you so far and what is going to be great about you is like you can look at when the camera cuts to you it's like you don't have to say a word we get what you're thinking yeah so i mean she it's obvious and you know she responded to that and she would always be like you know you okay you doing all right i can see you're a little in your head you're all right just do what you feel and you know so to me she she's a hard-working woman that was nothing but kind to me and that's all i can say about that truly yeah. oh well good now i want to do a little word association so i'm going to throw out a name and if you can just give me, you know, an anecdote or, you know, what first thing that comes to mind, it doesn't have to be one word. It could be whatever, whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> just something, whatever comes to mind. So Kyle. Uh, hilarious. Hilarious. PK. Um, <laughs> PK. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I always like imagine when I'm watching, I'm like, what does PK smell like? Because I feel like it's like expired deli ham and patchouli or something. Like, like, no, to be honest, like PK's a good guy. He's been nothing but nice to me, truthfully. I mean, definitely what you saw last night um, was, you know, a little interesting, but he's been a nice guy to me. Oh, good. And how about Dory? Yeah, uh, Chatty. That Chatty. That's my word for her. Rinna. 
straightforward. Straightforward. Be- Bethany. Uh, direct. Direct. Camille. Sweet. Ken. <laughs> um, Ken. Old. Would be. <laughs> Yes. I was watching the old, they were replaying like the early seasons of Beverly Hills and he kind of had that mullet going on. So I always just picture him with the mullet. Uh, the kid is funny. I mean, Ken, Ken is a funny guy. He really is. He's like a little bit quiet, but he's got, he's got a little zing to him. Yeah. And what about Lisa? Vanderpump? Yeah. Uh, Driven. Erica. Uh. Hello? Uh, bold. Bold, bold. Okay, I didn't know if I lost you there. Um, <laughs> oh, bold. I'm going to read into that. Do you and Erica, you and Erica started off sort of on the wrong foot. I wouldn't say it was really the wrong foot. I mean, I think you, I was pretty in my head um, in Vegas. And I think as you see it happening, it was, you know, all was a little bit interesting. And, um, you know, she says, I, I was an ass, I was an asshole. And you can kind of see me get taken aback. And then um, the next day when I, talked about it uh with Dorit then I knew it was something I needed to also say to Erica because I would never want to say something that like I wouldn't want to say somebody made me uncomfortable and not also tell it to their face so that was really the situation with Erica I just had to even though it was awkward I mean I cringed watching it me (laughs) bringing up at that dinner but I have to because that's just who I am. If not, things are going to fester. So I'm always, I've, I've got to just get it out there, even if it's weird or awkward or any of those things. Yeah. Now, did you have any relationship with any of these women or do you know any of the, the previous housewives from Beverly Hills? Like, did you know any of them bef- before doing this? I did. I knew, um, Dorit and I have a mutual friend. So that's how I met Dorit, um, because of my mutual friend invited her to the play date at my house, which you actually see, yeah, yeah. um, on the show, but that, that was the, you saw the first time that I met Dorit. And you didn't know any of the former housewives, like uh, Kim Richards or any of those people? No, I no. didn't know anybody. Is there anyone that you would, well, you said you've watched the show. Is there anyone you would like to bring back, maybe? Like to bring back from past seasons? Well, now, I haven't watched all of them, so I can't 100% yeah. say. Um, but I did meet Adrian in Vegas and she oh, was right. super nice and super smart. And like, I really enjoyed talking to her. So I would love to hang out with her again. Um, and I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know who else, but that, I mean, that I can kind of only say why sure. I've met. And she was great. Of course. Now I'm going to wrap this up. I just have one more question. So this is a big pop culture show. We already talked about your love of you've got mail, but we kind of talk about all sorts of stuff. And you know, we're big gay fans of Mariah Carey. So I just have to ask, do you have a favorite Mariah Carey song? Uh, my favorite Mariah Carey song has got to be um, her Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. So all I want. To, yeah. I mean, it's got to be my all time favorite, but then there's also, what's the one you're going to know, but it was like, <laughs> I can't remember and I can't sing it. I mean, she has so many. Uh, can you sing at all? Have uh, you gotten any musical talent from your dad? No! Honestly, yeah. you would hang up on me right now if I started singing. <laughs> um, me and Mariah. <laughs> Baby is pacifiers. That yes, one. that's fantasy. Fantasy is so good. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, thank you. Oh, it's the best. Um, did your dad ever work? Have you ever met her? You've probably met a lot of these 
rock star people, right? I did. I mean, I think when I was younger, I met a lot of people when I would go on tour and stuff with him or go to events. But you know, when you're a kid, you're just a kid. Yeah, you're just, you don't you know, pay attention. In my mind, I, I, I didn't really think about it too much. It was more just, and that sounds so silly, but it, you're just kind of going through the experiences and having fun. Of course. Well, Teddy, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see what's to come. It's been so fun watching you, and I can't wait to watch you more. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it so, so, so much. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Teddy. Have a good one. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, you guys, what a ride. <laughs> so, so nice to get to know Teddy a little bit better than what we see on the show. We don't really get a lot of these women's personal lives on the show individually. We mostly see them interacting with each other. So to get to know some of her likes, oh, when she said that she loved You've Got Mail and watched it every night with her sister when she was a kid, I mean, that won me over and I became a fan for life, I, right? I mean, any person that loves You've Got Mail that much is great in my book because that, no joke, is my all-time favorite movie. I've talked about this on the podcast before. But I just love that movie so much. So that she, when she said that, I was just like, oh, my God. And then when she knew fantasy, I mean, come on, you guys. I, I fell for her a little bit. I fell. And it was so fun to talk to her. I do regret that I didn't ask her about Jessica Simpson's I Think I'm in Love. I mean, like, when I reach Heaven's Gates and look back on my life, I think <laughs> that's going to be up there with my biggest regrets. It's like 
I regret not asking her about that song. I mean, that's going to be like number one regret, followed closely by the cell phone belt clip that I wore in college. (laughs) You guys know. Do you remember back in the day when they had those cell phone belt clips? Like where you could, you know, put your cell phone on your waistline? (laughs) I wore one of those all freshman year. And I know people say that you should not have regrets. Like, don't live with regrets. But you guys, I live with that regret every day of my life. Like, I look back on pictures from my college experience, and I hate the fact that you just see a cell phone attached to my belt. Did anyone else have those? (laughs) So It was like my dad and I both had the same one. Like, how embarrassing. So those are my two biggest regrets. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I can email Teddy or something and ask about Jessica Simpson. We should see. Um, Now, I want to get to my interview with Sean Crampton. This is more just us talking about Vanderpump Rules. Sean is great. Go follow him on social media. And I should mention, too, if you want to hear me talk more about Vanderpump Rules, I just recorded the Sexy Unique podcast where we break down this week's episode. We talk all about the Britney fight and which that Britney Jacks fight really erupted into all of them fighting. I mean, it really got insane. And so I talked to Laura Marie, who hosts the Sexy Unique podcast, and we break it down like so, so much. And she is just the best. She's so funny. And if you've never listened to the Sexy Unique podcast, please go check it out. They do a breakdown of each week of Vanderpump Rules, which Vanderpump Rules is literally delivering, I mean, like crazy. Like, Lala's become a feminist icon. She is this generation's Norma Ray. <laughs> She is just so good. The spe- she gave a speech this week. She's like, we're not going to let men, uh, you know, tell us what to do or whatever. And I, you guys, I was crying. I was on my feet. I was moved. It was amazing. Lala's just been giving it to us. And this season just been so good. So if you want to hear me talk about that, go check out the Sexy Unique podcast. And of course, that's because the restaurant Sir, Sir stands for Sexy Unique Restaurant. Which is <laughs> insane. But so here, listen to Sean and I talk about it. And then when you want to hear more, go over to the Sex Unique podcast. They're going to be posting that on uh, what day? They're posting that on the 18th. So you'll get to hear that on January 18th. So here is my conversation with Sean. I love him. And he has never watched Vanderpump Rules ever in his life. I made him watch an episode. So if you've never watched it, you know, you could keep listening. Don't turn, it, don't turn us off. <laughs> keep listening because you'll get a fresh perspective. And I think, um, you know, maybe maybe this will convince you to watch it if you never have. Hey, guys. Okay, so I'm here with my friend Sean Crampton. He is a straight, and I made him watch. <laughs> I made him watch Vanderpump Rules. He's never watched it before. Correct. But I should mention, so let me just back up a second. So Sean works at the Abbey, or the offshoot of the Abbey, the chapel. Both. Both. You yeah, work at both. I work the Bartend. He's a bartender, yes. He's one of those straight bartenders they they have. They hire to lure gays and girls in <laughs> and trick us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sean works at the Abbey, and they had a show sort of similar to Vanderpump Rules, which I've talked to him about. It was a show called What Happens at the Abbey. It was on E!, and I loved it. It was sadly canceled. It was canceled, right? They're not filming. Yeah, after episode seven. I, was, I actually just watched it for the first time last week. Oh, did you like it? I thought it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Yeah, I well, loved it. So Sean works there, so I thought it would be great to get his perspective on these waiters and servers at Sir, which is right down the street from where you work. Right, it's like two blocks. Yeah, not even right two by blocks. Tortilla Republic. Yeah, so you've never watched, you've never seen an episode, correct? Not once. No. Okay, 
And when I told him to watch it, he got it mixed up with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is <laughs> such a straight thing to do. I mean, you thought you thought you were watching the right show, but it was the total opposite. And he texted me, and he's like, I like Yolanda. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Yolanda's not on. And meanwhile, also, Yolanda hasn't been on Housewives for, like, a couple seasons. So right. I'm like... What show, you know, what are you watching? Where did you get this episode? Where did you find, did you download that episode? No, uh, the person's house I was at had, like, the Bravo app and all those apps, mm. so found it pretty quickly, and okay. uh, I was just like, okay, this this feels good, I'm okay with it, I'm really trying to take it serious and steady, and then there was the episode where Hanky, Lisa Vanderpump's oh, swan, sure. gets sick. Classic episode. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, this is great television. And you said you like Yolanda, and Yolanda is the mother of Gigi and Bella Hadid, which you're straight, so you might understand that. You know who they are, right? I'm aware of who they are, yes. Yeah. And who, um, do you think they're hot, right? I do think they're good-looking, definitely. You know, uh, I think they're attra- uh I can see that they're attractive. They're not uh, attractive. They're not necessarily my type. Not your type. Okay, these supermodels. Gigi Hadid is They're just like type. a little too thin. And no offense oh. to them being too thin. It's just like, I like a curvy woman. Like a thick girl. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually attracted to Gigi Hadid. <laughs> I don't know which one's which. Gigi's the blonde. I think they're both pretty, but... Which one's older? I think Bella's older. The dark-haired one. I could be wrong. Yolanda's the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. And then, G- be... then Bella, then Gigi. <laughs> yeah, but I'm attracted to Gigi. Like, I see her sometimes. She was in that Zayn music video, and I'm like, wow, I'm really into her. Aren't they a thing? They are. They were a thing. I think they still are a thing, yeah. Mm. Okay, so you watch Vanderpump Rules this week, which a lot was going on. This was the week where there was a recording brought to Brittany of something that happened. Like, so Jax, let me yep. just back up. So Jax slept with this girl, Faith, who used to work at the restaurant, mm. which he cheated on Brittany with Faith. And they've been, Brittany and Jax, my understanding is they've been together a long time, but tumultuous relationship. Yes, Jax has cheated on every girl he's been with. And this was an interesting cheat, because Jax slept with this girl, Faith, who was a nurse of an elderly woman. Okay, so she <laughs> she worked at this elderly woman's house and sure. took care of her. Yeah, Jack, great spirit. Yeah, so the elderly woman was asleep on the bed, and Jax and Faith hooked up on the bed while this old lady was asleep. Threesome. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. This happened all a few weeks ago, but I was like, that was a threesome. Like, I consider that a threesome because the, there was another woman there in the bed. It must have been the first non-consensual, consensual threesome ever. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe not. Well, there was no footage of it, unfortunately. No. Somewhere there must be footage. It's played over and over in my mind because I just can't, I can't <laughs> help but think about that old lady asleep. That's wild. Yeah. I didn't get that piece of info in this episode. Well, let me say that Vanderpump Rules throws so much at you every episode. I mean, there's so much plot line going through. Like, that episode of Beverly Hills that you watched was probably not... Like, you said Hanky was sick. <laughs> yeah. So the meat of that episode was a sick swan. They definitely were different cases, though, shit. Totally. And Vanderpump Rules is much more, like, they run through story, like, insanely quick. And so this threesome happened, and apparently... <laughs> There was this recording of Jax saying he's not going to be with Brittany, you know. He could never see it happening. So Faith took this recording, I assume. I think they said Faith, right? It wasn't the elderly woman. Yeah, it was like Faith passed through the DJ, passed through to 
Lala. Remember yes. the... Ar- Ariana. Tom's girlfriend. So you already know these people. Yes. You're hooked, right? It is pretty riveting. It's good. I fucking love Tom. Which one? Tom? There's two Toms. The one who's with the blonde girl? Yes. Okay, he Tom cracks, Sandoval. He just yeah. cracks me up. Because he's like every guy we know yeah. like, here, every straight yeah, guy. Yeah, he just really cracks me up. Yeah. In this episode, you know, who knows? He might be villainous. I have no idea. No, he's not villainous. But So this whole episode was about this recording, which we didn't get to hear, which was very disappointing. And online, Ariana, who was the blonde playing the recording, mm-hmm. she said... She didn't want to play it. She didn't want to play it. No, right. she was like very against it. You're yeah. right. She said something online of, like, there was legalities of why they couldn't play it, but she said, I think, I think she said it was much worse than you could imagine, or something like that. So then they have this big blow-up argument, and then it ends abruptly. And I'm devastated, because I want to know what happened. I want to know what the recording was. But this is how, this is every week, Sean. It's like, they end on a cliffhanger every week, <laughs> and every week someone's cheating. We also learned this week that Sheena was sort of, maybe cheated on, like her boyfriend Rob. kissed Yes. Yeah. You know more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I had she, an assistant. Allison, thank oh, you. Allison. Shout out. So Allison... Helped me out. She, she was she like, this is... She's a huge fan of it. Okay, all okay. this shows. She's like, this is who this is. This is what this is. So it was alleged that Sheena was also... Her boyfriend kissed another girl. Like in... At Toka Madeira in public at the hostess stand. Like, give me a break, right? Yeah, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it was also... I was so... I was cringing for her because... Her excuse for him was, like, that they don't kiss. Did you catch that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know, that may be true, but that's the weird thing to bring up. Yeah, on camera. You yeah. could tell after she said it, she's like, why did I say yeah. that? Why did I say that? <laughs> she's like, he doesn't even kiss me. Yeah. <laughs> the girl like, okay, like, Sheena. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Another clue for our side. Kristen, who's, like, insane, <laughs> and who has declined to be on this podcast, <laughs> she even was like, Sheena, like, why? what are you talking about? Like, was back. Kristen the one who was standing as, like, shoulder tattoo? Yes, the shorter-haired one. Okay, yes. She, I think she's shorter-haired now, I just, yeah. She's not in the episode so much, right? Yeah, and she's not in the season so much. And so every season thus far, she's been, like, the crazy one. And this season, she's just been kind of in the background. Mm. And that's why I'm upset she declined to do my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is going on, yeah. Kristen? Come on the show. Right. Yeah. Come on, Kristen. Come on. I mean, I know she's not doing She doesn't even work at the restaurant. She just it's is sort of... comfy over here. She has, like, a t-shirt line or something going on now. Hey, good for her. That's never been seen. Like, she's talked about it, but I don't think you can order it online. Right. At this point, it's unavailable. <laughs> you have to go in-store or find Kristen. Yes. So, what... You kind of ran down the plot really quickly and inefficiently. <laughs> what did you think of the episode? What did you think of the show, these people? You know, I actually thought... And I, you know, this may sound weird, but I really try to take it serious for you. Like, you know, really I appreciate that. give these people the benefit of the doubt and not just throw, you know, like everybody puts reality TV in this category of not professional or, you know, B level or something that can't be universally true. Mm-hmm. And this show seemed to be really tight. Like there's other shows where I'm like, oh my God, you're reading off the producer's script, or there's literally an earpiece, like, you were bad at performance. Or these people seem to either be, this is a real situation, or super comfortable on camera. Mm-hmm. They're so legitimately seemed, crazy. Yeah, it seemed really tight. Yeah. And so whether that's they've been doing the show a long time, or they're just good... Uh, I think a little bit of both. And they've been 
never they've never changed the cast like there's been a couple additions but for the most part the cast has remained the same other than laura lee rest in peace but otherwise the cast has been pretty much the same and they always bring it and from what i understand it's because they're all really friends in real life so you know some of the housewives shows they'll bring on someone and then they they have to sort of force themselves to fit in with the group whereas this was already a group that was formed right that makes sense yeah i mean i like Lisa Vanderpump, she seems really intelligent and honest. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm going to quote Allison here. But Allison's like, she she doesn't ever say anything she has to walk back. Yeah. Like, she says it, she had thought about it, and it's direct and clear. And I got that sense from her, too. That's so interesting you say that. So everyone, uh, so Lisa Vanderpump is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. And everyone always claims that she's manipulative. The cast, I had Brandy on last week and she just like went off about Lisa being manipulative. When I talked to Teddy Mellencamp, who is also on this episode, Teddy, you could tell, well, my opinion of it was, I hope I'm not talking trash, but my opinion was that Teddy was trying her best to not talk shit about Lisa, which led me to believe that Lisa was being manipulative. Does that make sense? It led to you thinking there is shit to talk about. Yeah, I thought her response when I asked her about Lisa being manipulative was just a little too perfect or pretty or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I see. But anyway, so it's interesting that you say that. And I wish Lisa would just stay on this show, on her spinoff, and not do The Housewives, mm-hmm. because I think she comes across much better on Vanderpump Rules. As well, the, she's the boss, right? She's the boss, yeah. Whereas in Housewives, she's a peer. Yeah. But they're all trying to be the boss in this group, it feels like, in The Housewives show. Of the 15 minutes I caught of it, like, you know, there's a it's competitive. You're there, you're a peer group, whereas she's the total boss of every one of these people. I had a drink thrown in my face at server. Ah, did you really? <laughs> yeah. For real? What? Tell me the story. I mean, we were was just, it by a server? No, uh, it was by a, a woman uh, I was on a date with. We had been on several dates, and she apologized since she was just uh, had a little too much to drink. Oh, my and, God. Uh, tossed a drink in my face. Why weren't cameras there for that? I know. I think this is honestly so long ago as before the show. Did you do anything like, after it happened, did you just walk out? I, you know, I was patient. She had exhibited this kind of behavior before, and it's like, okay, this is new, but so I was pretty patient and young, obviously, so I stuck around longer than I should. I just remember that. It's the only time a drink's ever been tossed in my face. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that happened in real life. Yeah. I've always wanted Me to either, do it to so someone. I had vodka in my eyes. Oh, my God. You know, years ago, when I first moved to L.A., I went, I was at the Abbey, and I remember some guy was picking up, I was with my friend Becca and we, Becca and I used to bartend at another place like close by or whatever. And this guy, this older gentleman was trying to pick up Becca. And so he was like, come back to my friend's restaurant. And so we went to, which was, sir, this was, it might've been <laughs> wow. like when it was newly opened or something. And this was after like 2 AM. So it was like late. I think at 1 a.m. we went over. So there was no one in the restaurant. It was empty. <laughs> so this other, so it was, Becca with an old man that was trying to sleep with her. I don't know who the guy was. It could have been the guy that Lisa's partner, but I'm not, I'm just saying allegedly. I don't know who that was exactly. Cause it was so years, it was so many years ago. It was before the show. And I remember his like gay friend was trying to hit on me. And so Becca left with the other guy and she was kind of into the older guy. And she just left me with this old gay man. And I remember (laughs) I was like, okay, I need to get out of here. Like it was 2 a.m. I was like, I do not want to be here with this guy, this gay that's trying to sleep with me. I remember he brought out his laptop and he's like, oh, this connects to the sound system. And so I just kept playing Mariah Carey, different Mariah Carey songs, like throughout the entire restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I just remember like 
that was my way of like not giving into this gay man, yeah. you know, and trying to wait for my friend. Like, you know, you always yeah. take one for the team. Sure. Yeah. I was taking one for the team and I just, you know, was playing Mariah over the loudspeaker to try to get this, this gay <laughs> to leave me alone. So that's my experience at Sir. Great. Now you said, let's get back to the show. You said yeah. you like Lala. Love Lala. What do you like about her? Uh, I like, I, at least this episode, you know, I've heard different things about her, but again, my experiences this episode, <laughs> I liked how she stood up for her friends and herself, you know, she seems like she has a lot of self-love that's at least semi-genuine. Again, I don't know the woman. Uh, I loved what she said and how she said it and how she stood up for her friends and She's also very much my type. I liked when she said uh, that she stands in front of the mirror every day and talks about what she likes about her body. And she pointed out, she looks at her vagina and she said, you take dick like a champ. (laughs) It was very inspirational. I shed a tear. Yeah. I mean, I grew a pant size. But, uh, you know, different reactions. Sure, sure. Different different strokes for different folks. No pun intended. So you like, she's normally like the villainess. Like she kind of came in as the villainess and she went away for a little bit and came back. She's also an actress. I just saw a movie. It's called like playing with faith or something like that. It's a movie she did. If anyone's listening, go look at the trailer. Cause it's insane. She, it's like a faith based romantic comedy. That's amazing. And it's so weird to see her as this it's woman. like using the word. Pussy yeah, I mean the words show. she uses on that show. Yeah, her she's got a very foul mouth. Yeah, and uh, so it's weird to see her in this faith-based romantic I'm, comedy. I, do you know where she's from? I don't. It was hard to pin down. I mm-hmm. couldn't tell if it was like Jersey or Orange County. I don't know. You know, but does anyone know? I don't know. No, I really liked her. She was who you were most attracted to. Yes, I mean the the women were all good looking and attractive in their own ways but uh, you know who cracked me up but also probably has um some shots issues uh, Tom. there's two toms jacks what's the blonde who's oh, james married to what's her name he has a tattoo calls her bubba oh yeah tom he's tom too yeah. tom schwartz okay yeah he has he's an alcohol issue him, but yeah it's also kind of sad at the same time. yeah so last week in the prior week it was alleged that he cheated on his wife at blacked a club, out. like blacked out not i, sh- I don't know if Cheating's the right word. I don't know. How do you feel about cheating? Like, if somebody makes out with someone, like, you're married. I mean, I think that's cheating. If you're married and... Well, it's all boundaries, right? If you've had the conversation, like, hey, X, Y, and Z are okay, and X, Y, and Z happen, but... Or Q happens instead of X, Y, and Z, then it's a conversation. So, obviously, she's not okay with it, so it's cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But it's sad to me that it's happened more than once. Like, this is... I like, mean, it's crazy time. It's just so strange that these people... And it's like, I, I kind of think when you're married, what do you need to be going blacking out at a club for? I'm not married, and I'm not... I'm past the point in my life where I'm going out and blacking out at all, let alone doing it more than once. It's like, if it happened one time, I'd be like, okay, you know, yeah. special occasion, New Year's Eve or something. Sure. But he, it's happening more than once. And I think that's m- what must be tricky about them on this show is that they are, you know, these young people and they get paid club appearances. So a lot of the way they make their money is to go to these clubs at night and promote or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that, but that makes sense. Yeah. So they, they get paid for like appearance fees, sure, sure. which used to be like 10 years ago, those appearance fees for like Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton or these reality stars would be huge. And now I think they're not as big, but they still get paid, get some money. So I'm sure Tom was at this club. I'm sure they also go for fun. Sure. 
But I don't know. I think when you're married, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah, you know, I was trying to be really open-minded about it because I'm trying to be open-minded about people, other people's relationships. And obviously, we don't really know the inner workings of mm-hmm. that dynamic. But I mean, if it's working for her, you know, she has a lot of people in her ear saying this is not right. And I wonder if she would give a shit if these people weren't saying that's not right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he's like a, a child. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like harmless in a way. It's not like, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, because he's got that puppy dog. Like, she's certainly domineering, not in a negative way, but like she owns that relationship, clearly. Yeah. Uh, it's just tough to watch. I'm like, oh man, I want Katie to. But I don't like Katie at all. <laughs> like, I still like Tom Schwartz, but he's kind of the worst. He's done this more than once. Now, do you have any other final thoughts? Anything else that stuck out to you about the show, the episode? I, again, I thought it was like pretty funny. I like the fact that they do seem to be like a family mm-hmm. for better or worse. Uh, it's kind of, it did really remind me of the Abby show too. You know? yeah. I was like, Oh, this is what the Abby just tried. To yeah. Do. I don't know what happened with that show. I don't know why they, I think it was advertised a little poorly and it was on E, which it just, I don't know if it was the, quite the right network. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's, I thought it was interesting. I was watching Sir or like what's Vanderpump, Vanderpump Rules. And almost everybody's straight, if not everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that has something to do with it, honestly, like culturally. Yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah. Because I was watching it and I just don't know. I don't know what the fuck America watches. I know. So it was just because I thought The Abbey was a show, Meet Me at the Abbey, or what happens at the Abbey. Yeah, what happened? Meet Me at the Abbey. (laughs) I should know that. Meet Me at the Abbey is uh, our Wi Fi password. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh,. You know, I don't know, because I really was racking my brain. Maybe it's oversaturation. We're like, oh, we already have a show like that, literally two blocks down. It also took a few episodes. What Happens at the Abbey took a couple episodes to really get into the juice of it. It was so good. I love that show. If anyone's listening, go back and watch them, because they're legit good. Anyway, any other thoughts about it? No, I I mean, they drink a lot. It looks like a good time. I'm wondering how they stay so fit. I mean, they should be bigger for how much they drink. I feel like Jax got really big at one point, and then this season he's getting back in shape. Like, when it first started, season one, Jax looked great. They were all models, like, they were male models-ish. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and then within a couple seasons, they kind of got that bloat, that coke yeah. bloat or that alcohol sure. bloat. Who and then that? <laughs> I still have bloat, but not yeah. from coke, and just right. from, like, just my holiday weight. Yeah. <laughs> still carrying around an extra 25 pounds. <laughs> So I want to talk to you about some other things. You're also a writer, director. We wrote something together that hopefully somebody will buy if anyone wants to buy it. Yeah. Call us. Call us. <laughs> uh, but, and you also wrote a movie that you're making soon. Correct. Can yeah, you talk about that at all? Yeah, of course. We're shooting in Massachusetts in June of this year. It's an action thriller uh, surrounding PTSD in the military. And you wrote it with Jordan Wisely, who's been on the podcast before. That's right. Who people know from MTV and the Challenge and stuff. Two-time and champion. Two-time champion, yes. <laughs> Double champ. So I can't wait to see it. And then you also have a movie that's on iTunes, and you can see it. It's called Richard Peter Johnson, right? That's right. Richard Peter Johnson. And it's so it. funny. It's, like, improvised, and it's it's hilarious. And Sean is the lead in that. Yep, title character. And naked, too, all the time, I should mention. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is what I want to talk to you about. James Franco's in it. That's right. He uh, he does a small part for us. So. I just want to know, like, do you? What was your experience with him? Working with him, and then also you had spent some time with him outside of the shoot, right? Yeah, I mean, in the 2012, 2013 years, we were working on a lot of projects together. We probably did like half a dozen, a dozen things. That, 
let's see, my experience with James Franco. Do you seem like a creepo? Hey guys, I'm stopping this interview for just a sec to just mention that Sean and I had this conversation about James Franco, and there's been so many sexual harassment allegations that have came since that I didn't feel right including this portion of the interview in this podcast. I want people to have an escape. I don't want to be talking about these super heavy issues. I just think that they deserve more time than we're able to give in this quick little chat about Vanderpump Rules. So I just want to mention, we'll get back to my interview with Sean, but I did cut out a large portion about James Franco's sexual harassment. And I urge everyone to go look at the allegations and talk about it with your friends and all that kind of stuff. But I just don't want, I want this to be a safe place, you know, where we can just have fun and smile and not not think about all those horrible things that are going on. So I do apologize that this seems choppy, but I just wanted to come in and mention that. And we're going to get back to talking about movies. So here's the rest of my conversation with Sean. Did you see The Disaster Artist? I love that movie. I haven't yet, but I'm supposed to watch it tonight. It's good. Yeah? I loved it, yeah. What else did you like this year? You liked, you told me you liked Shape of the Water, which I hated. Really? <laughs> Why did you hate it? I just, when I saw Sally Hawkins having sex with a fish. Yeah. I was just, oh, I should back up. Well, he's a god. Who cares? Oh, the fish. The fish is, yeah, yeah. is I know, uh, but, Poseidon. But, wait, I didn't even catch that, first of all. Yeah. But I must back up and say that while I was watching it, I had a screener, so I was watching it at home, and I was... Oh, you gotta see that in theater. I know, I know. But also, <laughs> I was on a chat with Amazon.com for a missed delivery. Oh, priorities. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, it was like... I went on the Amazon chat at the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, this will be like five minutes. And so throughout the whole time, I'm talking to Rashish on Amazon.com. Rashish. And no, I'm not supportive of him because he did not fix my issue. (laughs) So the whole time, it literally spanned the entirety of that long movie. Where I'm, what? Yes, I'm not even kidding. So I had my lab, and of course there's such lulls in chats, but I'm like sitting there and I'm getting so angry at Amazon.com because they were not able to fix my order. And I normally have such great experiences with them. But so my blood was like, by the end of that movie, my blood was boiling, but it was mostly like directed at Rashish. transference. <laughs> yeah. your, your hate became Exactly. So it was like, I, I don't know that I was watching it with fresh eyes, but I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you need to give it some space. And yeah, come back and revisit it maybe a year. But she kept having sex with that fish, and I'm like, oh my god. Well, you know, I agree. It was a little. That, I didn't like the graphic of it. It was disjarring. It was jarring. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed. It. I thought she was amazing in it. She's good. I thought Michael Shannon's amazing as a villain. I just again, you didn't watch it. I was. I so. had it on. <laughs> you had it on in the it background. Um, and I was getting so mad. Like yeah. I was so mad, but and I could not. Truthfully, even now, looking back, I don't know if I was mad at Rashish or Guillermo del Toro. Sure. I have no idea. Richard Jenkins is amazing in that. I don't know. But it was pretty to look at. Uh, what else did you like last year? I didn't really, I did a little bit of a rundown, but did you see Molly's Game? I did. I haven't gotten a chance to talk about that on the podcast, and I loved it so, so much. Why? I, I don't think it was perfect. Like, the writing in it was really great. The directing was kind of a little all over the place. Like, I thought some of the directing, it was so good. And then there were other scenes where I was like, oh, those were some weird choices. But overall, I was so entertained. I think I was just entertained for two hours and 20 minutes that I was able to overlook any of the faults I had. Like, Mm -hmm. even Idris Elba, you know, I had... There were some things about his character I didn't love, but then he looked so fucking good in a suit. Jessica Chastain. It was my favorite movie I did a rundown of like my favorite movies, but I had seen that yeah, afterwards. That. 
And I would say Molly's game was my favorite from last year. Like, oh, wow. Of what I enjoyed the most. Maybe not the best technical movie. Sure. But I enjoyed it the most. Molly's game, for me, I mean, technically, I thought... And that's all the time we have for Sean. <laughs> Performance. <laughs> <laughs> Performance-wise, I love Jessica Chastain. Yeah, she's I love good. Idris Elba, you know. I just didn't care for Molly. All right, Sean. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media? At Sean M. Crampton. Yes, and please do. Yeah, please do. Okay, Sean, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, so that is the show for the week. Thank you to Teddy Mellencamp. Thank you to Sean Crampton. Please go rate and review this on iTunes if you like it. On January 18th, check out Sexy Unique Podcast. Thank you, Samson Technologies, for the sponsorship. And I love you all so much for listening. Truly, 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 truly. Oh, my God, you guys, I love you. Thank you. Do I sound, I sound cheesy saying how much I love you, but I do love you guys so much. And when you reach out to me and tell me that you're listening and what you like and all that stuff, it really just warms my heart. So I just wanted to take a second and and tell you that I love you. I love you. Wait, (laughs) I'm doing that Jerry Maguire. Do you guys remember that Jerry Maguire speech when Renee Zellweger's like, I love him, Laurel. I do. I love him. And I don't care what you say. I love him for the man that he wants to be, and I love him for the man that he almost is. I love him, Laurel. (laughs) That's my Renee Zellweger talking to Bonnie Hunt from Jerry Maguire. So that's how I'm going to end this podcast. Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) I'm so gay. Oh, and go see Molly's Game. It's so, so good. It's so good. I loved it. Like a new Aaron Brockovich. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.